Arvine, part and parcel of doing this was to find out how you cope. So can I ask you that in a little while? But for now, you said that you go to a local park, uh, obviously because of the, the virus lockdown. Where's the local park? Um, it's in London Fields. So where I live in Hackney, so I'm just off the Hackney Road. And um, there's a number of parks around me. Actually, there's Victoria Park, which is the largest one. Um, and then there's London Fields Park, which is a smaller one. And then there's Hagerston Park, which is kind of a bit bigger, but a slightly different shape. Actually, it's smaller. It's smaller than London Fields, but it's a slightly different shape. Um, so I, I'll tend to kind of, I don't really, I kind of stay away from the canals because they're too busy. And I'll, I'll tend to just walk up Broadway Market and um, I spin into Hagerston that way or, you know, head up to London Fields and just take a little stroll around the fields with, with a mate or on my own, you know, for about like half hour trip out just to get some fresh air, a bit of sunshine. And uh, yeah, that's it pretty much, you know what I mean? Maybe pick up some shopping if I need some shopping, but there has been days where I've just stayed in the house for like two or three days, you know? We'll get on to the music and video and viewing thing that you do, but... Uh... Would you yeah. just uh, would you do that like normally every 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 week every couple of days every week? You know, is it a thing a regime of yours? In the morning, you probably get up, eat something nice, and then go go walking. Yeah. Are we talking about historically? Or are we talking about current status? It's kind of weird, isn't it? It's it, yeah. I have this thing in my head that I've been kind of waiting for this in a way. And I've been used to doing a, a thing every day, which is go, you know, walk the dogs. And do you have a, do you have a dog? I do, I do, but he lives in Dublin now with my mom. So uh, yeah, you I'm miss dogless the, at the moment. You, you must miss the doggy, yeah. yeah. We do, yeah. You know, they they become part of your family, you know. But you'd have a regime in the daytime that you'd you'd go to, you'd go for a walk or you'd go exercise in the area, yeah. Well, my normal routine would be like three days a week. You know, um, I generally get up at about eight or nine o'clock. Um, sometimes get up about, you know, a bit earlier, but mostly between eight and nine, nine thirty at the latest. And I, you know, I I'll tend to like, sometimes I get up at half thirty and I'll head down to Baker Street. I've got a gym down there, a kickboxing gym that I've been going to the last like four or five years, and I'll train there and, and I like get the tube back to, to Hackney it's a bit of a distance but I just like the vibe of the gym and the people that go there it's a really nice community it's friendly it's it's good and that would be my, my regime three times a week exercise you know and, uh, and generally I'd be you know I'd go for a 10am class or a 2pm class or 1pm class you know and, um, and I'd be back in my area and you know getting stuck into work and I'll I'll work on the tube ride to the gym in the mornings because I've 40 minutes to get there so I'll do emails and text messages and social media stuff and bits and bobs and just get a bunch of it done before I get to the gym and then on the way back as well I can I can get stuck into bits and bobs as well so it's kind of like a it's, it's that was that would have been my 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 regime you must be missing my it. life generally yeah you, my nine to five you know you, in, in a way yeah you must be missing that then obviously because you can't you kind of can't leave the house at the moment then yeah, I mean it's. I mean, so now it's now the regime is like a couple times a week. I'll I'll go out for a walk for half an hour, you know, or run. Um, I probably should be doing more, but it, it's hard to really know what what you should and shouldn't be doing. And these they, they kind of tell you stay in, stay in, and they're like, no, you can go out for exercise once a day. So, you know, I've, I'm kind of 
I'm, I'm not a panic buyer, and I'm not someone who really would have. I'm not. I, I wasn't very panicked by this whole situation, to be honest with you. Um, but I was like just more bewildered by people's panic and reactions to the mass hysteria. And then, you know, I think for me, you know, I'll just go. I'll go out and get some groceries if I need to get them. It'll last me a few days, and I'll come home, make some food. I'll probably make a lot of food and stick it in the fridge, and just work away on that for two days, you know, a day and a half. Did um? So, um did you? Uh, did you, you? You know what I said earlier on that we're, I was, we're kind of ready for it. You know, we're we're from the gig sort of economy. You know, where we were DJs all our lives mostly, and and sometimes there was work and sometimes there wasn't. I was lucky enough to have work every weekend. You know, I haven't not worked yeah. more than four weeks since nineteen ninety six. So when was the last time you didn't have work more than four weeks and and is it really a stretch to not be working so much at night and you transfer stuff to do you know during the day come up with projects for during the daytime is it is it it didn't totally freak you out did it? well i mean i mean obviously a lot of the work i've been doing was is gig related events so <laughs> it's kind of like it was a bit of a it was a bit of a titanic you know for me in a, in one respect cuz it's like right the ship has sunk here um, no one knows when it's going to resurface or if it, it'll be even possible for it to come back up again um, but you know from, like to be honest with you you know I don't think I've had a break like I haven't had an extended break five or six years so I mean I've had like a week here and a weekend there and I've, I've just constantly been working you know or, or you know planning for work or catching up on, on work or doing stuff or planning so I think it's been a very busy few years for me you know um, so you know when it came, when it came, when this all started happening, I was like, for, I mean, the initial reaction is this is ridiculous. This is you know, surely this won't be mm. anything longer than a few weeks, and then it just obviously then a day later you're like, no, actually it's kind of it's gone off the charts here. So, um, but you know, I'm a, I'm the type of person who tries to see the best uh, outcome in every situation, or tries tries to kind of you know, gain gain the best result out of every situation, no matter what the situation is. You know, you know, let's and let's not be be around the bush. We've all been in some severe situations that, you know, we ideally, if we had the choice, we probably wouldn't choose. But then you don't get the choice a lot of times when you're in a sticky situation. So you've just kind of got to grin and bear it. And you know, for me, I've always been like, right, how can I make this an enjoyable experience, or at least something I can get through and, and feel good about. Now that sounds ridiculous probably to some people out there or you know but it's about kind of embracing what you have around you really you know and not kind of um you know letting it drag you down there's so much negative press media and you know half the time a lot of people don't really know what they're talking about and, and it's right now i feel like no one really knows what they're talking about you know everyone's got to almost kind of decide for themselves what's best and what's right and hopefully make the right decision so well, did, you know, did you kind of make a a decision uh, in your mind straight away of of how you were going to deal with it and what was the what was the you know apart from not working at the weekends yeah. what did you decide that you wanted to concentrate on in in you know did you give yourself a limit of time say okay for in four weeks I'm gonna I'm, this is what I have this job I want to do I got to fix the you know the the windows leaking or whatever there was a whole other you know actual functional things that you could do to that you had been putting off what was your what was your 
what ideas outside of say you know we're DJs but outside of DJing what, what else were you thinking about doing well it's kind of it's a bit of a strange one I guess because I kind of I've kind of isolated myself since the 9th of March so which was before the actual lockdowns in, <laughs> in, in place because I was like obviously I got sick so um, that kind of took its decisions out of my hand before so anything that was I had meetings planned for that week I had events strange like at the end of that week I had, I'm involved with the St. Patrick's Day Festival in London and we obviously had a huge event, which probably you know there's a team of seventeen of us involved in in the in a, in a advisory board, and obviously there's a huge amount of production that goes into it, and there's spin-off events. It's it's, it's big enough, you know, and, and you know all that got cancelled that weekend. So I was kind of sick coming up into the weekend, and then didn't think I was going to be able to make it anyway. And because I I, I, was, I I assumed that this was going to be what it is even though they weren't testing people over here so it kicked in and I just you know look in a, you know even it was a weird trajectory of time because I got sick as everything got cancelled so it kind of took the pressure off me in one respect obviously you got sick it was, just, it was uh, sorry you said you got sick yeah I mean I had the uh, the dreaded C well <laughs> dreaded C vid I don't even you know he who shall not be named um so yeah, I mean, the only reason I know it is because it was passed on to someone who I knew who got tested via via me, you know, and um, yeah, and that was it, you know. So I think I was kind of wiped out for the first two weeks of it anyway, in a lot of ways, and and that with the lethargy of it, I just was like, I don't want to, you know. I and the thing is, because of the nature of the industry we work in, having a break like this is for me it's a rarity to have to not have to do any events it's obviously not ideal because there's no revenue stream coming in you know and we can't live we don't have revenue coming in it's difficult to live in a city like London if you haven't got any money you know what I mean so um, you know I was like right and then everything kind of got cancelled then going forward for the for the you know first six weeks four weeks six weeks three months now who knows but I mean I think you know I was like my first impression was I'm not going to be honest my first thought was this is great I don't have to do anything now for you know for the, for the foreseeable I can actually take some time out to be to, to look inward you know and to kind of focus on, on on me the person inside and the people around me who I love and start being a good human you know as, uh, you know, uh, considering the situation we're in and help as many people that was my initial thing um but you got better, you know, obviously. You, you're you're not. You, you you're okay. Yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm actually grand. There's not a bother on me. To be honest with you, by the fact that I haven't been exercising for a month and I'd been a little sick, so I haven't been able to get back into it. I did my first training session yesterday, and I did another one this morning. And uh, you're in bits. Really helped. Steve. I was in bits, but I was, <laughs> the endorphins really kicked in. So my brain was actually, Oof. my mind and my, and my brain is like, yes. And my body's like, oh, oh, you know, so. <laughs> but, you know, that's good. That's great. That's what, that's what, sometimes you need a break. But, you know, I'm just thinking a lot of, like, you know, people are on, on furloughs all left, right and center. And legally they can't work because obviously if they make a phone call, apparently if you make a phone call, the government over here are going to, you know, pull back the, the furloughs. So. Mm. That's it's complete work lockdown for people for like two two months I think two three months some people are on you know uh, so it's really it's almost like we've been gifted this time you would see it as never a, asked for. you see it as a gift yeah I do really you know I mean I don't 
And at the time I see as a gift, you know, because, you know, maybe that's just me because I'm speaking from a more fortunate place because I'm sure there's people who don't think that way yeah. and who are really feeling the pressure right now about this. And, you know, but for me, just in my personal space, I was like, I'm being gifted time here to, to do things I normally wouldn't get the chance to do or to finish things that I normally wouldn't get to finish. So, <clears throat> now, so ideally... I would I, ideally I would wouldn't I didn't want this to happen you know I've, I've, I've always wanted to ha- happen but ideally I didn't want it to happen because I didn't want to lose all the work and revenue that I got coming in to pay bills and put bread on the table you know um, so it is a bit of a conundrum you know but I've kind of I've, I've, I've thought I you know I kind of decided well you know if it's this is going to be the way it is there's nothing I can do about it what can I do I can't do anything you know in terms of starting up at clubs or doing events or this it's just it's not happening you know or so unless it you know there's Battlestar Galactica <laughs> so I dived in I dived into TV I dived into just like switching my mind off you know and trying to unwind a little bit Battlestar, Gal- Battlestar Galactica yeah Battlestar Galactica was one of them obviously there was there was War of the Worlds uh, the TV series, which features a uh, an Irish kid in it, um, and then uh, plenty of television. Well, it completed Netflix, and I got a Now TV account, got through that, and then watched a shed load of films. And then I was like, I need something that you know like, that I haven't seen for a long time. So I started took it into uh, Battlestar Galactia from the two thousands, um, which is kind of post apocalyptic, funnily enough, uh, about you know the uh, planet. Uh, people inventing AI and then AI coming back to sting the people by dropping nukes on the planet and the surviving uh, members of the planet have to you know scarper and make 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 a run for it and try and find a new place to live so um, I thought, yeah I mean I, I mean not music that's kind of I needed distractions you know what I, mean? I needed distraction to relax I think for me as a, as a person I, I like to kind of watch not saying mindless television but a mindless entertainment but I just you know as much as I love listening to music I, I do like watching TV that I can get a bit lost in isn't that weird that's it, why sci-fi appeals to me that's weird that I, that I hadn't haven't listened to a, an enormous amount of music since things stopped you know it's it's almost like because I've been DJing for so long that that music is I've, I'm full in my mind of it yeah. And I, in a way, if this time has come along, because I feel the same way, I think it's a time that we should we should kind of put put to good use and le- and read a bit more or learn something new. I think somebody, my boss, in work, uh, Ronan was like, we everybody everybody needs a project. So in, in a way, there was like I I've a lot of good books I haven't finished. So or you know. To, to to read about a particular program or something but, but not music no yeah it's interesting I mean I've got a, about several music projects on the go right now but I haven't you know I don't know whether it was because I was a bit sick and I just was lethargic but I just I just haven't felt the need to really get tucked into them you know or stuck into them but um, but I am now weirdly so three weeks over three weeks after being sick I'm like right, I feel like I want to do stuff again on the music front you know but before that I was like I'm learning Irish online at the moment but just the basics of it because obviously I studied it in school but um, I've been doing a course in Ireland and now it's been transferred in in London on our, uh, to learn Irish and it's been transferred online so we've been doing Zoom 
classes um, catching up on it. We've got like three or four classes left. So I feel I'll probably take on an extra model after that, just online, and, and just keep learning, and trying to develop my my um, Zumba Irish speaking prowess. Did you say Zumba classes? No Zoom <laughs> Irish classes on Zoom. <laughs> Funny enough, my mate Jenny's doing Zumba classes, and she's uh, there with her crew. They've got a Brazilian teacher, and she's been doing it. She said it's been great, you know. But she said what's really interesting about it is. You know, she's lives in her. She's got a little house in London Fields, but she said some of the people on it are like in mansions in London. <laughs> and like one of them had their own private gym, and she was like, "What the hell?" And she was there on her little phone, in her little front room, trying to make it work and trying to not try not to hit the shan- tiny chandelier she had in her gaff. So um, it's a Zoom world right now, I guess. You know, one of my mates, Luke, is talking about doing Zoom classes in the school. He just sends out the. Uh, videos of him teaching to the kids and hopefully they'll do the work but, which I doubt very much you know but uh, you know see, I, um, I saw that taking I, over everything yeah I saw that I saw that to like RTE and you know RTE player have a series of like maths English history Irish classes online for kids so and I think they're just kind of free you can just kind of you, you, you show them to your Brilliant. kids and, and, and I when I saw that I was like that's that's a country thinking about its kids and about you know going ahead and, 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 and yeah and being online you know and being a part of uh, online which is a world away from I suppose the way we were brought up which was vinyl and and you know cassettes and and well maybe not so much you but but me yeah definitely well it's very tangible I mean I was very tangible you know you know yeah, having yeah. things was a cert- was was what you you accrued things and objects and and that's all changed now you yeah know, you, over you, you a matter of weeks now yeah you never uh you you recently it was about a year ago or so sold sold your record collection yeah i sold parts of it i've been i've been selling parts of it off for the last four three or four years just i sold a, a couple thousand of breakbeat records um mostly new school breakbeat records to like three or four thousand records to a guy in Romania, um, who wanted to set up a shop, basically, you know, and in, in a, he, did, he had like a big flea market and he wanted a vinyl section, kind of a vinyl store in it. And um, and then I sold a bunch of stuff through a little record shop in town in the basement of Rage. Um, um, so I was just kind of, I just had a lot of stuff that I wasn't using, and I'd primarily gone digital. So I, you know, I'm in London. In London, I have a thousand records sitting here that are, are my memories, really, you know, and. I went through all, I went through my records and pulled out a couple of thousand and said these are my you know these records actually mean something you know I can look at these records I'm, I I get like a specific emotional moment moment that I don't think I'd ever let go of and that's how I decided what I was going to keep and what I was going to get rid of also kept stuff that was probably really valuable and then you know got rid of stuff that I just I just didn't really want you know I mean yeah. um, but I still have a lot of it on, in storage in Dublin so there's still quite a bit still to go you know but whether I'll, I don't even know if I'll get rid of it I'll just you know I don't have any that's been the last thing in my mind the last year or so so I'm just going to go back I'm just going to go back if that's okay because because yeah. my first sort of the first time I kind of saw you in a record shop I think was Carbon in 2000 2001 was that would that be about right yeah. so that's 20 years ago yeah something it's 20 years yeah, ago. Yeah, maybe so. a bit, maybe a couple of years after. Yeah, but around that time, yeah, that's true. Yeah, God, feel, it doesn't, you know. This so how far back are we, are we before that, that we, what we found out about each other and, and, and met up with each other? Obviously, be, 
a little bit later we would have been doing Soul Clinic. I remember DJing with you for Soul Clinic yeah. in, in HQ, which is Spirit, which is the academy now. And then obviously yeah. we went down to Limerick a little bit, but did we know each other before that? Remember the photographs I took of you DJing in the shelter? Uh, Vickers? I, think, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's that, that might have been after that period because I think the first time, I mean, I, you were um, on the, I was on the Rebel Music Academy in 2000. So you were you were a lecturer on that, and then before that, I'm just thinking. I'm trying to think of. I'm sure our paths must have crossed in the in the nineties. You know, I just like I 90s. just can't remember, and I was hoping you you would. See, <laughs> I mean, I do. You know, like I do remember seeing you DJing in, in Rira in the in the kind of mid to late nineties. I'm sure with, with Dandelion, or at least Dandelion was playing there. You might have, you might have been playing downstairs, and she might have been playing upstairs some night. I was, that was I do remember being in there. That so. was strictly handbag on a Monday in Rira. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's it, that's it. So I mean, I, I mean, I guess, I guess I started going to clubs. I would have probably have known you before you of you before you knew or had met me. I'd say more likely, you know. Um, but yeah, strictly handbag was great, you know. So I, I it's really difficult to pinpoint meeting people for the first time you know like I struggle with memory to be honest with you I've, I've probably forgotten most of my life you know like in a, <laughs> yeah. you know and, I, and I, I require friends to remind me of situations and you know school friends remind me of all the stuff that we, you know when, when happened to me in school and then just mates remind me of stuff when we get talking and then the memory jogs like we're doing now but I, you know it's just it's hard to pinpoint when you when I first when you first meet people when you're in in dance music because we spend a lot of time together over the years you know and it, and it does all blend into one sometimes yeah it know? does so, yeah yeah I remember and that's, and that's I guess that's 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 the shocking thing about not having it for four weeks you know not having that connection or that culture it's like ah uh, you know that's one of the bit I guess that's one of the things that that I miss really about not having the, the um, ability to go in and listen to music together with friends and meet new friends you mean in record shops record shops clubs bars anywhere really you know yeah it's bringing it home to me now a little bit yeah just the, the last couple of weeks going back to what yeah. we were talking about I think the first time I ever heard you DJing or even heard about your DJing was that you weren't playing the same as kind of everyone else you know Dublin I think this is just my personal opinion was to, had a tendency towards more four four house tech house, you know progressive house, you know out of the the years of the shaft or, you know Francois down in in Columbia Mills or you know when yeah. you know when Andy, Lord rest his soul would come to Dublin he would play this kind of wiry, and then Homer played this wiry tech house and Billy and Johnny they were all playing house. And, and Tech House and you weren't you you know apart from everybody and I felt an affinity with that because I wasn't really after 95 96 I came back from America I was I, I got a gig in Rira that's when I started doing yeah I think that's when I started doing Handbag and I'd heard that you were playing you know hip hop and, and a, a different kind of sound and it was very it was very different what what what, where did you get that impetus from? Who were you listening to at that time? I mean, I think I think it was because I mean I've always loved the Temple of Sound and those places, and uh, you know, 
you know, and re-roll was cool because it was always it was an alternative from the straightforward, straightforward clubbing techno thing. You know, um, a lot of my friends were like, you know, ravers in you know college, and they were going to see Dave Clark's and the Johnny Roy's and the Billy Scurries and the, you know, so that was that that, that was they were, they were big into into techno. You know, so, Slam and Soma and Green Velvet, and that was their kind of red box and you know big techno nights down Emerson. You know, and I love so I loved all of that. You know, I loved the whole techno thing. I was I was quite spent a lot of time with the D One Records crew, and you know, Eamon Doyle and all them. But you know, I was I always had my own particular vibe and sound. I think I just I just had an affinity for breakbeats, really. You know, different types of break breakbeats. And then you know, I think when I started playing in the chocolate bar, that was it was a bar gig, so that was more. It was the main room was like kind of house, you know. So it was just, it was more. It was more of an, you know, I was playing back rooms, you know, where, where you could play that sort of stuff and seeing the different DJs that were coming through. And, and there was a lot, there was a couple of DJs in Dublin who were doing it who were good. You know, I think Johnny started playing hip hop around nine to five. It was about breaks, beats. And then, you know, people like yourself, Dave Hales, you know, Dave Cleary and, you know, mm. Glenn Brady and all these people were just, there was loads of them. There was, you know, there was quite a few, Simon Milligan and, you know, Mac and, um, you know, there's probably a bunch more, you know. Um, sorry, one second. Um, so, well, I just, you know, like I guess I'm trying to think. I didn't never really had one, you know, particular. I mean, John Carter was always a DJ that I always kind of looked to because he really drove through that rag, ragga dancehall breakbeat stuff at that time, you know. So his mix CD '96, I think it was, "The Heaven Life of the Social Volume 2 was a real big inspiration, you know. Listen to people like the Basement Twins, Shut Up and Dance. Um, Lion Rock were doing some good, Justin, Justin was doing some great stuff with Lion Rock you know uh, yeah. Ashley Beadle you know the, you know, with Black Science Orchestra and you know it was just it was just a whole it, was a, it felt like an underground sound within, within an underground scene you know did you uh, so, did you uh, did you know Ashley Beadle at that stage for instance I didn't it was weird I remember going to London This I told this to Ashley recently we were, we, and, and I was like we were going, I went to London like my sister lived in London, so she lived in, in Belsize Park, which is in Camden. So she was right next to Camden Town. So like you know, I'd fly in and get the get the get the tube up to to Camden Town and jump out, drop my bags off at her gaff and just walk down. And it was like se- several record stores. One day I was like, going, I, I was in early and I, and uh, and I was the, the music and video exchange hadn't opened. I think it was open at ten, and I was I was walking by about half nine, and I looked in the window and I seen this amazing um, Brazilian um, record in the window. It's like uh, what was the name? It was a, I think it was like a Jose Paraibo record. Um, can't remember the name of it. I was like, wow, I'm going to come back and buy this record. It was about twelve pounds, and I was like, this. I, I've heard of this guy, and I heard this his records are like full of breaks, and it could be really interesting, and it was. <laughs> but so I've come back at like five past ten. And, I, and I, I look in the window and the record's gone from the window and I'm like what the and I walked in and I walk up to the counter and I'm like I just see the record with this bloke standing at the counter and I just look up and I'm like, and I'm like it's Ashley Beadle and he's stolen my record <laughs> <laughs> and he's like bought the record that I want to buy the bastard I was like Ugh. and then I was like I can't even I can't even what am I going to say hey mate that was my record you know and I, so I just looked I was like and he was going on about it to the guy behind the counter going yeah it's great and I was like oh, bollocks but you must have been so I, I, you know I did 
didn't know what to say to him. I was like, what do I say? I say you you, like, you oh, must have been you must have you must have been a bit taller than him even at that stage, yeah. I guess I would have been. I mean, I could have had a go. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm sure. I think he probably, you know, he was, he's a bit of a dude. So I don't know. I don't know. I was, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not, I, was, I was like, I'm going to head to the bait. I was, I was just like, oh, man. I mean, you know, if I had turned around and went, sorry, man, I spotted that record this morning and, uh, and like, I really want, I want it. Like, is there any chance you might let me buy it? Because, like, he probably would have given it to me. You know, if I'd say that, knowing him now, I know he's like he's a proper soul brother. You know, you, if you if you mm. if you were honest with him and gave it from the heart, he would have just been like, "You mm. have it, Matt." You okay, know? yeah, yeah. That's the type of that's the type of guy he is. But I was like, I'm the type of guy who'd be like, "No, nah, I'm not, not. He's got it. I'm not gonna." You know, it's it's all fair and square. I didn't have any rights on it. It's his. You know, so um, so yeah, that was the first encounter with Ashley in like '95 or something like that. You know, so. And is this um, was this in London? Yeah, you were traveling back and forth, obviously, because your sister and you could stay there. I remember staying in that place with yeah. you guys, so you could kind of go back and forth. And yeah, you know, back and forth, dude. You know, so you got a taste. Of, like you, I'd you, go back. you got a taste of London, so you kind of felt maybe later on you'd move there. Is that part of the reason why yeah, you why I, you did? I felt at home there because I'd, I'd probably go over there once a month, like at, mm. at one stage, you know, just okay. to get records. Okay. The shops were so popping, man, and the, you know it was all about going into the shop, mm. and they'd be pulling out the white labels from under the counter, you know, which is always the way. I mean, as you know, it was a different. They'd always get different stuff than you'd get in Dublin. You know, you got you got really good stuff in Dublin, but they'd have different stuff over there as well. You know, so what clubs were you going to? Like, what clubs were you going to at that time? I'm trying to think. I mean, I was going to just like I mean, I was 95, so I probably we were going to the end a lot and. We were going to Metalheads on a Thursday night, and we were going to Heavenly Social. We were going to Big Kahuna Burger, which is uh, John and Dan Kahuna, Kahuna FC's night. And we were going oh, to Kahuna FC. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I met I met um, I met Dan recently actually at an Errol Alkin gig, um, but they were great, man. They, that was a, that was a, that was a good time, you know. And then you know, and I was going to the three, three, the first time I met. Um, Dave, oh, Dave, Dave Beer, and Derek DeLarge and Scissor Kicks. He was a guy I was into. He was making these really cool Latin break, acidy breakbeat things. Was in the three 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 club. So I used to go there quite a lot. Sean, um, Sean McCluskey had a night there that was great. Um, that was on Old was Street, was that Old Street? Yeah, Old. Yeah, yeah, on Old Street was awesome. I think I was in there. Me actually it was with Johnny. Johnny had been over playing the Heavenly Social. And I went over with him and we went down, and then. The next day, we were like, we went down to Old Street to meet a couple of his mates who turned out to be, it turned out to be Derek DeLarge and Dave Beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, so here we go, you know. But they were super cool and they were mellow. They were, there was no, you know, they were really nice actually. It wasn't like, I mean, they're proper par- party crew, you know what I mean? But I didn't, they were just top, top dudes, you know. They were really good guys and we had a right laugh, a couple of beers. You know, and um, did and did, uh, did you bump was, into did you bump into the prodigy around this time? The prodigy, I think I'd met yeah I'd met Liam Heller for the first time around that period, so ninety five, ninety six. That's jilted. Think, that, isn't that, that jilted was, generation? That's around that time, isn't it? It's around that time, yeah. So that would have they it was all up in Camden. It was all kicking off up there. So had a few funny experiences back in that in those days, just like. Play, I remember playing five-a-side football game with, with uh, five, there was five kids. We were in, we were in, we were up in um, in Camden. There's like a little hill called uh, Primrose Hill, and at that period, it was just like 
Creation Records was in its in the zone. You had there was like about three or four pubs. One pub was like full of all the Primal Scream lot. Another pub was full of all the Oasis lot. Another pub was full of all like the Chris Evans TV lot. And everyone on that hill was just like involved in the music business or in TV f- fashion. And it was like I guess the equivalent of what like um, East London became now in a way. I guess or you know, you're talking Peckham seems to be the place now in London where a lot of this kind of that stuff was going on because there are people who were like they were cool. It was a it was a real cool period of pop music in in essence that that whole '95 '96 period because there was some amazing music coming out that was crossing over and then you just had a you know shit ton of people at the you know at the beginning of their careers coming through as well. So I'd say there was um, a I'd say there was a lot of beer. It's a lot of beer, man. <laughs> so we ended up doing this five. We had a, got, we got a few cans. I was with these characters. Yeah, cans and five aside. Really in a minute. I'm, I'm going to drop some clanger names on here, but it was it was just it was, this is random. It was like my sister was working with, with All Saints, right, so, as our tour manager. So we so <laughs> two of the girls from All Saints <laughs> and my sister's boy my sister's boyfriend, two of the girls from All Saints, brought a couple of their boyfriends and a couple of their mates, and we met in the park for cans, right. We're on the hill having cans, and then these lads challenged us to a five-side football. And I only saw the f- a photograph of it the other day when we were going through some old photos, and Gene pulled out an old photo. I was like, "Look at this!" And I was like, "What? What is?" And I was like, <laughs> "It's like me. It was me, right? I had a Belfast City Breakers t- green T-shirt on. Of course, you did. For some, yeah, a Belfast City Breakers green T-shirt on. Yeah. And then, I, you know, <laughs> and then, I ha- and then it was, it was like, so Shovel was in goal, who was dating my sister at the time, and it was like me." Jamie Theakston who's like a TV presenter over here <laughs> Guy Chambers and Robbie Williams <laughs> playing a five-a-side game of football right I think that's I think we're short a player there no, I'm, fog- I'm sick um, of this I'm sick of this story I'm sick of this story yeah. already yeah I mean it was just but you know we're just playing five lads from London right and I'm yeah. like we were just young kids five black kids in the park who were just like normal kids you know and it was like nothing there was just a game of football you know what I mean but I get, you know, just you, you got. I I was going on those trips over there. I was always get, getting to see a lot of just come across these people, you know. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it was just really like mind blowing for me because I was like, wow, what the hell is this? Because when you come from Dublin, we just don't have that level of of you know the people the people who are like doing music or TV that are big in the UK. A lot of the time, they can be big around the world and they base themselves in London when they when they come to Europe. So we just didn't have that in Dublin. You know what I mean? We were like, we had like. <laughs> You know, I don't know what we had. You know, we had our own little things going on, some bigger things, but it was just a, it was just a high concentration of people. You just go on that hill and you'd be like looking over and you just see Heidi Klum and Seal, and you'd be looking at them going fucking hell, and then you see Shade or something, and you'd be like, what the hell? It didn't even seem real to be honest. It doesn't even seem real now in a, in a way because you're like, nothing really happened, but but I guess it did. Did you, know? you um, did you did you feel you had to uh, that you still had a. a a pull back to Dublin City. Or would you consider yourself a like a Dubliner? Would you consider yourself a yeah, Dubliner? I mean, yeah. I, it's weird. I consider myself Irish and then a Dubliner, which is a weird thing to say. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's because I've left Ireland, but I've, I was always a Dubliner. And mm. when I came to London, I really I became more more affinity to my to, to full Irish kind of Irishness, Irish culture, Irish people, Ireland as a country. But I do. I always had to pull back to Dublin. But even though I was coming over all to get records, I had I was part of a of a scene of music in Dublin that was popping. You know, so I was young and I just felt that was that was where I needed to be. And and, and there was there was a draw. There was energy. There was good clubs. 
you know, it was like the late coming into the late nineties, you know, and it was like, everything was good, you know, it was just felt like everything was just moving, you know, that way. I don't, I mean, I don't know if that's just a, like it was an age thing or just being a young kid who's just like striving and taking steps, you know. And I, I've been working with these guys, Kneecap, uh, who are like a Northern Irish um, hip hop crew, and I just watching them evolve because because they've kind of come a long way in, in a couple of years that they've been doing music, and it's like it really reminded me of when I was doing stuff and how stuff just progresses and you don't even realize it's happening around you sometimes and you just you just go you're just jumping from stone to stone across a pond to get to the other side you know yeah. you know so you know you don't even think about it but but it but it's but it's like a it's like a drug you know it's it's addictive that you know what I mean you just feel like you're part of it and when you're making a party happen and bringing people together and it's that energy yeah no I know that's what was drawing me back you know? I, w- I would no one knew me in London but I knew lots of people in Ireland so yeah I, I, I would I would feel I never had the thing in my head I wanted to well maybe maybe New York but I never I never thought I'd never thought that I would think about moving to London I thought I thought you know I'm I suppose I'm intrinsically attached to Dublin City for more more time than than not you know so yeah. I'm I'm interested in that idea that where you know that you felt that you'd you, you had to leave here, um, but you still come back and you still work here quite a lot. I I imagine that yeah. you, that that you do. So you you still a, you still have a, a, an attachment to this to this place, you know? Oh, completely, man. You know, there's a, there's just a buzz that um, it's in my DNA. You know, that's the thing. It's in your DNA where you come from and what you know. As an Irish person, as someone from Dublin, it's like. You know, no, you're never going to get rid of that. You know, yeah, why no, would you? We, we, why we, would you want it? Yeah, we have this thing. You know, we talk about the Irishness or the the, 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 the idea of being Irish. It's 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 about it's about talking and it's about you know instantly striking up conversation with people, which I think most people I don't know if that's true or not would think southern England doesn't have that whereas northern England would have that say you know Liverpool and beyond you know or middle you know and would you agree with that is that a thing that you might you miss yeah, that possibly, you miss that you know, I mean, I, I'm fairly like I mean it, I think people are afraid to talk to people in London you know because life's so fast but I think that's changing now with everything that's going on because mm. I've been living in this gaff for a couple of years and I've never seen so many people in my in the apartment block that I have in the last week. And today, mm. just because they're around the apartment block and they're like, you're just seeing them. They're not going to work. They're not traveling away. They're all here. I went out today. When I came back from, from my little walk today, um, we have a big courtyard and there's like an even there's two buildings that are kind of next to each other, but they're built at the same time. And we have a, gate you walk through the middle is a big driveway so there was people just out in the driveway and, and like he were, uh, people who I knew to other people who lived in that building who I'd never met before who were there out just out hanging out and we were all like you know socially distancing and, and sitting in chairs but we got chatting and it was like wow maybe we're only getting to make this connection because of what's happening in the world right now we would maybe, never probably this never would have happened well, maybe, gone maybe. On separate ways without ever making the connection you know, so. well, maybe maybe it's a good thing maybe to start or something I think we'll start, start of humanity it seems in London in a lot of ways because people now actually have to communicate more it's been a lot of it's been amazing to see the, the help that people have been offering even you look from, from even from Instagram people like personal trainers and people doing free fitness classes and, and guided meditations and offering different things just to do online and you know because it's because it's you know they're trying to help people or 
do something to get people motivated you know and i think that's really really important right now i think human connection and and human contact without contact you know human contact without touch you know together apart whatever whatever they're saying is really important now it's really 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 important now because we're being made to live almost on our own and we're being isolated by our governments all around the world you know because of this situation and you know i think you know then you know that could cause a lot more damage than the actual virus itself to people's mental health you know so it's really important for people to try and make connections as much as possible and speak and talk and communicate and just like knock into the neighbor see if they're okay or just you know ask people how they're doing you know and just you know you may not be able to solve someone's problems but you might be able to even just share the problem and share the load and i think that's that's probably just as valuable as not being as as being able to solve someone's problems because we can't solve everyone's problems but we can listen you know we can and we can share and we can talk and i think that's that's one of the probably the most valuable things that's come out of this so um in the time that you have to think uh what 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 have you got in your what have you got in your head that you, you might do next well i've been doing a music quiz online for the last uh I, seven like a little every day last week during the week and i did like two days the previous week so it's this is not a good it's not a good career option yeah i mean it's I, not a good career but, but it's not, you know it was, it's, it's it's not the it's not the first thing you would think i would do you no. know if you probably knew me you know but yeah. you know what it's fun and it makes me laugh and it makes <laughs> some people laugh and i'm probably pissing other people off but i'm having such a laugh doing it that i that i'm like it's i you know and if you know, if it makes one or two people laugh who probably aren't getting the chance to laugh or even they just randomly catch it, I don't even care if anyone watches it at all, really. But, um, <laughs> but if, it, you know, if someone watches it and laughs yeah. and it gives them a break for 20 minutes, half yeah, an yeah. hour or whatever, how long they might tune in, then that, for me, that is, feels like that's my that's something I can do for people. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it's, as a DJ, it's pretty difficult to kind of make bring people together when we can't be together you know what yeah, I mean? how, so, do, how do you feel about the whole i don't know how i feel i'm i'm going to be honest with you i don't know how i feel about djing live on facebook or instagram i think it's it loses something this it's not real or something how, would you yeah, well, ag- ag- this, agree or disagree yeah i mean i'm kind of, it's a bit of a weird one i mean like I, like i think it's there's nothing like the energy of 50 people in a room with a nice sound system in a, in a small space. There's my answer. Listening to, like, mm. yeah, listening to the most amazing music on a Toby Hatchet sound system or whatever, <laughs> you know, or, you know, like, uh, you can't really compare to that. There's no comparison, you know. So for me, looking at them, it makes me a little sad in a way because I'm like, oh, I just want to be in a club. Mm. I just want to, I want to be in a field. I want to be in a club. I want to be in a, somewhere with a, I want to be with somewhere with a big sound system with my friends and people I know and we can just like listen to this amazing music and you know but at the same time then there's probably people out there who are benefiting from it. like the thing is a lot of people are streaming and it sounds terrible yeah, yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. it's like like if it sounds good and you can plug it into your stereo and you're streaming the mix it's good to listen to you know but it's definitely no. I don't know it's, no, it's yeah. a bit weird <laughs> it's yeah. a bit weird yeah, man it's a bit you know? strange, so I don't yeah. know especially for us I think it's not the same no for us it's for us we've been in those rooms for so long and it, yeah but uh, musically uh, anything that you're listening to now that, that you'd you'd recommend I mean there's so much you know I mean I'm just um, 
have to just like go through some stuff here in front of me, you know. But like obviously I've been listening to um, uh, Shaman's new album a lot, Wardrobe, because it's just come out. So that's been really good. Um, the other thing that I listened to the other day that was really good. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll put a link into Bon Voyage's stuff uh, so people can have a, a look and listen to it. Yeah, I, sure. I think I think that's a whole other conversation I think that's a whole other 35 minute podcast getting into talking about Shimon and his whole thing so maybe yeah. maybe another day maybe another day for that maybe another day but, man but yeah, but, I mean, uh, but, uh, yeah if you had to do you use Spotify would you send us a, a link to a, a playlist of stuff that you think that people could listen to yeah, yeah. if you want I could put like 20 tracks on a playlist like That'd no be. problem and send them on to you know That'd be great. I mean, I'm, I'm really digging the new Greg Blackman does it um uh, GB4 it's featuring a load of like Scottish musicians on it I'm also listening to the new Camilla Wahid track um, Holding On which is dope um, George from Nightmares and Mark sent me a lot of things the other day but I haven't even had a chance to listen to it because I've been so busy doing nothing I assume <laughs> um, obviously uh, Battlestar really Galactica good, um, yeah. yeah Battlestar Galactica has been taking over my, my airways <laughs> Pablo and Chewy to do a backwards EP is pretty dope Um Pablo is, is a Dublin DJ he's a total dude the, uh, there's a Pablo's Air Raid dub mix on there which is and the Acid Trip mix are dope so um, yeah I mean I like weirdly the, sadly this is going to be a bit sad but, uh, but but like before I got before the, I got I think no while I got sick my laptop crashed and I lost 80 gigs of music files so my whole iTunes got wiped and mm. my um a load of the files I was working on I meant to I was meant to be working on a remix for uh, Mango Mathman and uh, on the, the that all got wiped but um so I'm gonna have to be start I'm starting that again. Um and then I have a bunch of other stuff there that I just lost. So you know that it didn't actually you know it was pretty it's annoying but like at the end of the day there's an inf- infinite amount of music out there and it just makes you want to go out and get it again you know so mm, mm, god i don't it didn't you know it's as much as it's sad it's actually all right you know what i mean all i'll right. survive you know what i mean it's not the end of the world so um yeah and i've got like i'm working on a new bon voyage material with like i've got a track with we've got a track with um Baza ranks in hong kong and we're, that we're working on when we're doing stuff with another you know another couple other pe- people that we can crack on with and finish and we're planning on releasing our own stuff so you know there's plenty to do but i just decided to take you know because i was a bit ill i decided just to take some a couple of extra weeks off just to chill man and unwind and just have a bit of time and, and be a bit present and just looking inwards and like listening to my heart a bit you know and just that's how you cope sure is, is, is that how you cope that's how you cope with with things around you yeah yeah pretty much you know i think it's like and i try and laugh at everything you know i know that sounds a bit ridiculous but and there's been some sad things that have happened there's people some people have passed away right now which has been fairly heavy, but obviously because we can't celebrate their life because we're all apart. But you know, you know, try and just keep the spirits high, man. You know, and just like raise the vibration. You know, that we all need to vibrate at a, as a high level as possible, and you know, keep our spirits high, and you know, not give in to the darkness, man. You know, I think that's the key really to this. And it's easier said than done, but I think laughter is definitely for me is it's like being one of the best medicines. You know, so there's been a onslaught of memes and little videos floating around whatsapp and online so there's hasn't been a <laughs> been that, no end of comedy to be had you know and if we can laugh our way through this whole thing we'll be all right 
you know but you know also it's not as you know not everyone's going to be able to do that so but I'm always up for a laugh if anyone out there needs a laugh and that's and that's a guarantee 